Welcome to The Catch-Up, a Westwood Westwood podcast. And now your host, Teddy Tutson. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another episode of The Catch-Up, a Westwood Westwood podcast. I am your host, Teddy Tutson, here to get you up to speed on all the biggest happenings in the news this past week. We have got lots to cover this week, including the fallout from Charlottesville, the president's remarks, leaving him increasingly isolated from not only the Republican Party, but the business community, plus Steve Bannon's departure from the White House. As always, remember you can check out more quality content from Westwood Westwood. If you're online, westwoodwestwood.com or on Facebook at Westwood Westwood Online or on Twitter at Reed Westwood. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to The Catch-Up on iTunes. Show us some love, leave us some stars, give us some feedback in the comments section. The week got off to a rough start for the Trump administration following the president's failure to forcefully condemn Nazis, white supremacists, Klansmen, and white nationalists who gathered to protest the removal of a statue of Confederate General Robert E. Lee in Charlottesville, Virginia. With pressure and concern mounting from Republicans, Democrats, and business leaders, the White House rolled the president out for an unscheduled announcement in the middle of Monday afternoon to read a very carefully crafted statement off the teleprompter. This is how it went down. We condemn in the strongest possible terms this egregious display of hatred, bigotry, and violence. It has no place in America. And as I have said many times before, no matter the color of our skin, we all live under the same laws. We all salute the same great flag. And we are all made by the same almighty God. Racism is evil. And those who cause violence in its name are criminals and thugs, including the KKK, neo-Nazis, white supremacists, and other hate groups that are repugnant to everything we hold dear as Americans. We are a nation founded on the truth that all of us are created equal. Pretty solid response from the president, but also valid to ask why the hell it took so long for the president to say something like this in the first place. So lots of people were reassured after that statement that the president wasn't a garbage-ass person who was reluctant to condemn Nazis and Klansmen and other clown-ass white supremacists. And then Tuesday happened. A press conference that was, in theory, supposed to be in support of Infrastructure Week to unveil an infrastructure plan to gather votes for an infrastructure bill that does not exist. But Donald Trump decided, fuck that noise. I'm going off the top, freestyling it, and proceeded to have an impromptu Q&A with the media that not only made it seem like the president was sympathizing with white supremacists and Nazis, but seeming to defend and justify their violence after one of their protesters killed Heather Heyer and injured numerous other counter-protesters. And you had some very bad people in that group. But you also had people that were very fine people on both sides. You had people in that group, excuse me, excuse me, I saw the same pictures as you did. You had people in that group that were there to protest the taking down of, to them, a very, very important statue and the renaming of a park from Robert E. Lee to another name. You're changing history, you're changing culture, and you had people, and I'm not talking about the neo-Nazis and the white nationalists, 
because they should be condemned totally. But you had many people in that group other than neo-Nazis and white nationalists, okay? And the press has treated them absolutely unfairly. Now, in the other group also, you had some fine people, but you also had troublemakers, and you see them come with the, with the black outfits and with the helmets and with the baseball bats. You got a, you had a lot of bad you had a lot of bad people in the other group too. Unfairly, sir. I'm sorry. I just didn't understand what you were saying. You were saying the press has treated white nationalists unfairly. No, I just didn't understand what you were saying. No. There were people in that rally, and I looked the night before. If you look, they were people protesting very quietly the taking down of the statue of Robert E. Lee. So not only is the violence both sides' responsibility, including the violence that led to the death of Heather Heyer, but there were very fine people, good people, just casually hanging out amongst a bunch of Nazis chanting, Jews will not replace us. Needless to say, all that goodwill Donald Trump had built up the day before by reading that statement General Kelly crammed down his throat, deuces. With the CEOs of Merck Pharmaceuticals, Under Armour, and Intel resigning from the president's American Manufacturing Council over his tepid denunciation of white supremacists and Nazis, the remaining business leaders on the president's American Manufacturing Council and his strategy and policy forum decided to disband the council. And Heather Heyer's mom, Susan Bro, was none too pleased about her daughter being equated with a bunch of neo-Nazis and white supremacist assholes going on Good Morning America to let the world know her thoughts about the President of the United States and his press conference on Tuesday. I'm, I'm not talking to the President now. I'm sorry. What After did you what he said about my child. And it's not that I saw somebody else's tweets about him. I saw an actual clip of him at a press conference equating the protesters like Ms. Heyer uh, with the KKK and the white supremacists. And that is where you are right now because after his statement, after he read his statement on Monday, you thanked him. But now you've had a chance to hear his remarks from Tuesday and that has changed your position as far as the president is concerned and wanting to, to hear from him. Absolutely. You can't wash this one away by shaking my hand and saying I'm sorry. Is there something though that I'm you- I'm not forgiving for that. Is there something though that you would want to say to the president? Think before you speak. Things are so bad for the White House right now that even Republicans who for the longest time have given them a grace period and the benefit of the doubt, like Senator Bob Corker from Tennessee, even he is fed the fuck up. Helping inspire um, divisions because it, it generates support from your political base um, is it, not a formula for causing our nation to advance, our nation to overcome the, the many issues that we have to deal with right now. I, I will say we're at a point uh, where there, there needs to be radical changes take place um, at the White House itself. It has to happen. Uh, I think our president needs to take stock of the role that he plays in our nation and, and, uh, and, and move beyond himself, move way beyond himself and move to a place uh, where daily he's waking up thinking about what is best for our nation. I don't think that the president has appropriately spoken to the nation on this issue. And uh, I think that um, uh, 
sometimes he gets in a situation where he doubles down to try to prove a make a wrong or right. Um, I think he's done that in this case, and um, I, I, I would ask that he take stock of who he is as president of all the people in our nation, and that he condemn those things that are separating us. But if you really want to hit Donald Trump where it hurts, you know that's in his bottom line, which is what's happening right now at his beloved Mar-a-Lago. As reported by David Fahrenholt and Drew Harwell of the Washington Post, this past week alone, nine of the 16 big-ticket charity events for the upcoming social season have been canceled. That's a lot of money to lose in one week, fam. And here's a list of some of the names of organizations that have canceled events at Mar-a-Lago this upcoming season. The Salvation Army, the American Red Cross, and Susan G. Komen, the nation's largest breast cancer fundraising group who has held a gala at Mar-a-Lago every year since 2011. But after that press conference, tear the checkup. So for a president that finds himself increasingly isolated from not only the business community, but his favorite social scene and his own party, what is the natural course of action after that? Of course, have a rally in Arizona where you get the chance to shit on one of the biggest critics of you and your own party, Senator Jeff Flake. Yes, that's right. Donald Trump is having a rally in Phoenix this Tuesday. So strap in for another week of Lord of the Flies in this bitch. And speaking of Lord of the Flies in this bitch, sentient cold sore Steve Bannon finally gone from the White House, supposedly dismissed as part of new Chief of Staff General Kelly's plan to bring order and discipline to the White House. However, the Washington Post reports that contributing to Donald Trump's desire to get rid of Bannon, a new book written by Bloomberg News reporter Joshua Green, Devil's Bargain, which details Steve Bannon's contributions to the 2016 election as Donald Trump's chief strategist. Apparently, Donald Trump grew to hate the fact that he was not getting credit for his electoral victory so much that Bannon's critics in the White House would casually mention the book whenever they could in private conversation with the president to build a case against Steve Bannon as a self-promoter. <laughs> Turns out it was a pretty easy case. So what does the future hold for Steve Bannon now? Well, with the quickness, your boy was already back at Breitbart chairing their editorial meeting Friday night the same day that he was canned at the White House. And as far as his intentions moving forward, Steve Bannon was very clear, telling Joshua Green at Bloomberg News, quote, If there's any confusion out there, let me clear it up. I'm leaving the White House and going to war for Trump against his opponents on Capitol Hill, in the media, and in corporate America. That sounds all well and good now, but for a White House with increasingly few allies and more and more opponents, what happens the day they piss off the Breitbart contingent and Donald Trump gets treated the same way on Breitbart's front page like that goober Paul Ryan does? Is it possible we might see the president's approval ratings slide into the 20s? In the words of Kanye West, no one man should have all that power. Well, my guest on the catch-up this week is a dear friend of mine, a person I've known for quite some time in the comedy game. Glad that I got a chance to chat with him, especially with everything that's going on right now. You may know him from his HBO comedy special, Burn in the Light. I am, of course, talking about my homie, Quincy Jones, live and direct from the airport in Portland. I am joined on the catch-up this week by a very, very good friend of mine. Uh, you may have seen him doing the damn thing 
on HBO on his special Burning the Light. Uh, my homie, Quincy Jones. Q Jones, how you living, baby? What's good? I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm blessed. Happy to be here. Thank you so much. Yes. How's everything with you? It's good, man. It's good to talk to you. It's been a minute, man. Uh, I know. You're always one of my favorite people to uh, to riff with. We, we've, we, we get into some real good vibes, I feel like. Exactly. In fact, we need to do that more often. We need to, That's man. What we need. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 need, I need more Teddy in my life. Yeah, I need, I need to get the Q Jones. We need to sit down. We need to get the black caps on. We need to make it pop. Yeah. <laughs> yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Uh, Quincy, it has been a very challenging week, I feel like, if you are uh, a person with melanin. How how have you reacted to seeing covers of the president associated with the Klan everywhere? Because I feel like, haven't you seen those? Yeah, it's the New Yorker yeah. and, like, Time. You know, every Even internationally, the Germans got in on it. What What are your thoughts as, as you just see now? this post-Charlottesville world we're living in? My thoughts on Charlottesville is that it's, it's, it's alarming. What's more, uh, what's more concerning than people like Nazis marching openly is the, it's alarming how many people thought that this was deep, like, like it was hidden away, like, like it was gone. Like, there's a lot of white people who are awake now and they're like, oh my gosh, there's Nazis. It's, it's a shame it took a white girl's death to, to, to bring that to, you know, the light. But it's like, yo, this is what people of color have been, you know, sort of like telling you with every unarmed black person getting gunned down in the street. So I feel like I, I'm just I'm glad that people are paying attention to it. How do I feel about the president being associated with you know, white supremacy? Again, I'm also not surprised. You know what I'm saying? He warned us. He told us. He showed us. So now everyone who's saying that, like, oh, they didn't know. Not everyone who supports Trump is a Nazi or racist. You're known by the company you keep. And unfortunately, I feel like, and this is me, now I'm just rapping, now I'm just speculating. I think Trump isn't as rich as, as he says he is. I think he's taking out loans from a bunch of people that he owes favors to, which is basically what politics is all. See what I'm saying? Right. You know, one of the things that you mentioned kind of is the disconnect between how white people have experienced this election and some of the revelations, if you will, and people of color, black people specifically. You know, the whole economic anxiety, right? That was why these people voted for them versus people being like, yo, these people just want to be mad racist openly with no consequence. Mm -hmm. And it seems like there are a lot of white people now beginning to realize, oh, yes, wow, this thing really is as bad as they were saying. You know, I think it was, I think Heather, one of her cousins wrote an editorial kind of like exactly what you're saying of, you know, why did it take a white woman's death to sort of point out things that have always been obvious to people of color? How do you feel like white America is processing all this? I guess is my question to you. I feel like white America is processing it like, I, I made a joke about it on the election uh, when they said that 53 percent of white women voted for Trump, you know. Right. And, and and the joke was like, now the rest of the country is knowing what every black man's mom has been warning him about. Don't trust <laughs> him. You know what I'm saying? So for me, I feel like the, the, the ones who are now suddenly alarmed, uh, we're living underneath a, a blanket of privilege and comfort. And now it's been now it's at their front door because it's one of them. You get what I'm saying? It, it, it's a it's a it's a white person who who they thought was. I, we made jokes too much 
and now this shit's coming to reality. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like we, like we laughed and laughed and laughed and, and made all the jokes that Trump's never gonna win. It's impossible. Da 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 da. da. And then he won, and now everyone's reeling because they're like, "Yo, do, do, how did we not see this coming?" I'm like, "Well, we we laughed about it." Hey, it was on SNL. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. That he still blows SNL. my mind that he made an appearance on SNL as a guest host. Not, I mean, he was the host, not just a guest. He hosted it. That's still yeah. crazy to me. And, and I guess that kind of leads into the other thing with with the Tina Fey sketch and the sheet caking. Did you have you seen that? You know what you know what I'm referring to? Yeah, I, I, I've I've heard about it. I didn't see it. Personally. You haven't you haven't seen it yet. Where do you come down on that whole thing with kind of like you're talking about where it seems like, you know, this idea, oh, just don't show up and, you know, don't don't yell at the cake. But specifically with that comedy and, and her brand of comedy, because I think Tina Fey's really smart and clever. And I think that she's carved a, a, a lane for herself very successfully in a male dominated industry. And that's impressive. And I, I'm, I'm supportive of that. I didn't agree necessarily with the, 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 it's clear that we make jokes, but it's also clear in these days and times that satire is getting misread. Sarcasm nice. is getting misread. So for you to go on, you know, SNL, you know what I'm saying, as an alumna and then do that joke, like, I feel like the, the, the responsibility, she, I feel like she maybe could have done more. Or done it differently, not more. I feel like maybe she could have done it differently. Make it a little bit more clear, more pointed. Yeah, a little more. Because here's the thing: like when when she did, I saw old, uh, I saw old uh, SNL thing of her and Amy Poehler talking about like Hillary Clinton. It was when she was on there, but it was just crazy. Like she was so poignant, like pointed about women. You know what I'm saying? About women's rights. About you know, and she she even went so far to say. Uh, bitches a new black. You know and what I'm saying? Is, is this when they were like bitches get bitches get things done? That yeah, that yeah, segment. Yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah, I know. You're, yeah, okay. So it was so it was like when when it came to that, she was pointed. But it, I'm not seeing a lot of direct calling out of shit now. And now's the time to call out shit. Like we're so accepting, and everyone's you know we're such a ribbon. Everyone participates. Society. It's like yo, is it okay to punch a Nazi? Yes, ask your grandfather who fought in World War. Yeah, because that's what it, you got to do. You have to eliminate evil. But everyone's like, no, we should show tolerance and, and acceptance. And this is like, no, we we shouldn't. Like, And I guess that's it. It's the slippery slope, right? Of uh, Like, if, if Nazis declare war on you, well, it's like, well, then I guess... Like, Nazis seem to be the only group that you have... You have Cardi B out here calling for all the gangs in New York to put the Tims on and unite up to go stomp these Nazis. Like, it's not a slippery slope, I feel like. It's, it's fuck Nazis, and, yep. uh, and that's it. That's the end of the conversation. You know what I mean? Like, if you're just yeah. a garden-variety racist white guy, you're like, I really don't want to hire black people. It's like, no one's going to come punch you, Bob, okay? But yeah. the moment you start fucking with Nazi stuff, well, you're going to catch hands, especially in public. I guess, and you know what's the funniest thing to me is when like these these, these white males are facing consequences for coming out and saying that, Jared. Because I know you saw the video of like the the the, the white the Nazi dude crying about you know yeah. having a warrant out for Chris, his arrest. Chris Cantwell, I, yes, who who's been banned from everything from OK Cupid to probably fucking Panera by this point. And it's like, man, 
white white people, white males especially, have been so bold and brave and no one ever called them out on their shit that they thought it was okay to do this. And now they're facing consequences. And they're like, what? what? Why would you? I mean, what happened to free speech? Yeah, there's free speech. Right. There's also free ass whooping. Well, there's also free consequences. It's consequences. It's that thing of free speech doesn't mean freedom from consequences. I don't know how you guys missed the second half of that equation, but you can be a Nazi publicly and then the rest of society can then shun you and you know what I, I mean? I get it's like it's like, yeah, you might get punched, my guy, for being a Nazi. You yeah. you know, if you're a flat earther, no one's gonna fucking punch you. You're safe. Yeah. You're safe. You can be as ignorant as you wanna be, you know? But it's and I think here's the other thing that I, I'm I'm curious about your thoughts on, which is this idea that a lot of people seem to have, but particularly white people, that Black Lives Matter is a hate group. That there's some sort of equivalency. And I saw a great tweet. I can't remember who it's. I think it was from Ashley uh, Ford. I can't remember her name right now, but um, a very awesome black lady. And pointed out that, you know, a lot of these white people are the same white people who were raised to think that just talking about race is racist. Is that your experience as well? Because I feel like that's definitely something I've run into a lot, where because they were raised with no one else around who was different looking than them by the time they got to actually having co-workers or friends or classmates and race came up just talking about it like whoa what are you doing that's racist i believe i blame the media more than anybody else for this whole trump shit i blame the media for you know it's constant portrayal as black being negative as black being lesser than white uh, as as the, the narrative that they you know portray when when black men are gunned down by police is they they do everything to the, to to uh, to to dehumanize the person you know uh, and so I feel like uh, the media and society has sort of pur- has purported this notion that you can't have discussions about stuff like that it's okay it's not it's not you don't ever ask. Uh, like when I was growing up, my mom said there's four things you never really talk about, which is, uh, you know, money, race, religion, or politics. You know what I'm saying? Right. But the only way we're going to progress as as a society, as humans, is if we have those those discussions where things aren't always as clear. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Yeah. And I think that's kind of where with the whole monument issue, right? Um, mm-hmm. It's not erasing history to take down a statue of a guy who argued that black people could never be actual U.S. citizens, like the like the statue in Baltimore of the of the judge who mm-hmm. in the in the Dred Scott case. You could that, you know like books still exist, Wikipedia still exists. There's still a bunch of old white people who will probably gladly tell you that they agree with him. You know what I mean? It's not it's like it doesn't vanish just because there's not a statue to a man who said that you and I could never actually be citizens of a place that we are obviously citizens of. I mean, you also have to understand that these statues were erected during the Jim Crow era. Right. These weren't built, you know, soon after the, the war. These were built in like, you know, 50s, 60s, 70s. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. During all these periods where black people were beginning to sort of uh, flourish and thrive. Uh, yeah, it was an easy. It's an easy way to score cheap points. Like, like it's a it's a monument that is explicitly, in some ways, not in some ways, but straight up to people who argued for white supremacy. 
it's not a slippery slope, you know? Like, we talk about the founders, Jefferson and Washington. It's like, yeah, you know, those guys had lots of sins, but they didn't declare war on the country in the name of keeping and pushing white supremacy around the world. Right. So it's a, it's, it's not a hard case for me to figure out. <clears throat> but everyone, you know, I think like we've played devil's advocate so long that people are now supposedly questioning this, these things that should, that used to be just instinctively you know, known as wrong. Right. Yes. And I think that's kind of where, you know, it's it's like white people are learning in real time, under, unfortunately, in like the worst possible scenario of, yes, these are things that we've always talked about. You know what it kind of reminds me of? Like when a boss accidentally overhears like what their employees really think of them. And they're like, oh, my right. God, I thought I thought we were all friends. I had no idea it was like this. And it's like, yeah, of course it's like this. What do you think? How could you be so blind as to what these people's experience is? I, I, you know, I used to be upset and amazed at white people's aloofness, <laughs> but I realized it, it's not—it's not a ruse. They, they really just really, don't know. They really just don't know. Yeah, and that's what's scary. These these people who are like, and, and here's the crazy part: I believe most Nazis, most people who are saying stuff, if they were sitting down and having a, a candid discussion, that most of them reason would prevail. But they've had this 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 narrative jammed down their throat that they're the victims. It's like, how are you the victims in a system that you created that you benefit from solely? How are you the victims of that? The fact our mere presence, black people's mere presence, people of color, minorities' mere presence is upsetting to them. And all minorities and people of color want to do is have a fair shot, be treated equally, and mind our own business. And not be fucking shot by the state <clears throat> with no consequences. At least, and that's it. Oh, we're trying to mind our business, be treated as equals, and have a fair shot. We had to, it took us centuries to get recognized. It took us decades to get, you know, even, you know, acknowledged. You know, now it's just, it's crazy. It's, it's crazy to me. But I really, I really, I really look at white people and I laugh sometimes at how <laughs> foolish they are. It's funny. It's funny. It's alarming, but it's funny. Well, I think, you'd be like, yeah. You had no idea? No idea. None. <laughs> Not one. Well, like you didn't hear any. You had no black friends that said, "Hey, man, another guy getting gunned down." Dude, there was a time last year where it seemed like a cop was gunning down a black person unarmed about once once a week almost. Yeah, and I think that's the scary part too. Is you had this level of hyper visibility, and now mm-hmm. it's not like 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 for example the 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 cops in Texas who searched that black lady's vagina for eleven minutes. Uh, yeah, eleven. Like, there's no justifiable excuse in the world for a police officer to have his hand in a woman's vagina for a supposed search for 11 minutes there's no there's no justification for that none and yet like those those are the kind of stories that i feel like would dominate the headlines a, a, a year ago but now because we're in this trump world it's almost like it's fallen back under the radar you know it was, she was a college student, I believe, even. And it was like, I, I could only imagine the embarrassment and, and trauma that she went through dealing with that shit. Yeah, you know the what I'm saying? degradation of that. Like, it's so, like... It's the deep, like, you just, you know, there's a man, and I, you know what, I don't think that the cops carry around latex gloves. I'm sure those heathen-ass cops probably don't know, for sure. So, so, so to do that, it's like... It's like you, you're trying to exert power over someone who's not even arguing with you. It's like your girl trying to pick a fight. You're like, I'm in agreement with you. 
why are you continuing this, this this argument? You've made your point. Okay, you're in the uniform. You're a cop. I respect that. I don't respect every one of you, but I respect you. But now you're trying to push it further, you know. And then it's like, all right, Quincy. One last one last question for you, my man. How yeah. do you how do you think this whole Trump presidency plays out in terms of white people and the discussion of race in public? Do you do you think that we are as bad as it gets now, or do you think it gets worse, or, or where where do you fall at? I feel like either way, we are going to have a fallout. Like like there's gonna if he gets impeached or when he gets impeached, it's only a matter of time. Now. When he gets impeached, he's going to spin the narrative that they never wanted me here anyways. They did everything they could to stop me. I made it this far. I didn't, they didn't expect me to make it this far, but I did. Yada, yada, yada. That's what he's going to say. He's already anticipating spinning that narrative, you know? Right. Um, but for Americans, I think it's it's going to be like when you watch it. Uh, 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 our nerves are going to be on edge. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's sort of like, do you remember, you remember when you first saw Get Out this year? Yes. And you were just like, you were hyper, you were like analyzing it. You know what I'm saying? You were like looking at everything different. Like, oh my gosh, did I miss something? This, that. And that's what it's going to be like for America, I feel like. Is, is it going to be that feeling of nerves on edge and people just like, oh my, whoa, I didn't see this happening. How did we get this far? Next time we need to do it differently. But that's the thing. America doesn't do things differently. So this will just be a cycle repeated. A message of hope. From the homie Quincy Jones. Hey, <laughs> I, I was voted optimist of the year, man. Uh, Quincy, so glad to talk to you again, man. Why don't you let the people know where they can find you online if you got any shows coming up? Uh, what's what's good in Quincy Jones' world right now? Man, I'm going, uh, okay, Wednesday, I'll be in New York until Saturday morning. Saturday night, I'll be in Pittsburgh at the Pittsburgh Comedy Festival. I'll be in Europe for five weeks. So if you guys got any connects or friends, come see me there. Holla. Quincy, hardworking man. Thank you so much. Be well. Be in health. Where you at on Twitter, by the way? Oh, LLQJ. Yeah, if you want to follow me on Twitter, LLQJ206. Same thing for Instagram. I don't have a Snapchat. I'm too grown for that. <laughs> Boom. I love you, Quincy. Be well, man. Love I'll talk to you later. You too, man. That's going to do it for this edition of The Catch-Up. Thank you again for listening. A reminder that you can check out quality content from Westwood Westwood online at westwoodwestwood.com, on Facebook at Westwood Westwood online, or on Twitter at Reed Westwood. Plus, again, remember to subscribe, rate, and review The Catch-Up on iTunes. Give us some feedback. Show us some love in the comments section. And you can holler at your boy on Twitter at Teddy Tutson, T-E-D-D-Y-T-U-T-S-O-N. Plus, you can follow The Ketchup on Twitter at The Ketchup Pod. So be sure to do that as well. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to The Ketchup with Teddy Tutson, a Westwood Westwood podcast.